I am super excited to be joined in the studio. It is a full house in the studio today at RTHK Radio 3 with the Look family. So we've got Lana, Nicole, Briella, Maddie and Bernard. So I've got everyone's names right? Okay, great. Okay, your mics are on now. You can talk. Hello. You can say hello, say hello. if you like. Hi. <laughs> and I'm so I'm I'm particularly excited to meet you all because it feels like meeting celebrities for me. because um, we're here to talk about Dwarfism Awareness Month this month, um, which is October, which actually starts tomorrow. But um, there's no program tomorrow, so we're going to get in there early. And when I was pregnant with my little girl, who also has dwarfism, I heard about the Look family all the time. Nobody used your name, but they described you guys all the time. They said they've got three beautiful daughters and two of them have dwarfism. And they would talk about you all the time. So I feel like I'm meeting celebrities. So thank you very much for coming to, to see us on RTHK Radio 3. Well, thank you for having us. <laughs> and so um, we are talking a little bit about dwarfism away month which is October and Nicole so you're, you're yep. the mum your mum yeah um, what did you know about dwarfism before you found out about um, Maddie oh pretty much nothing like I had no personal connection with dwarfism at all um, of course I had seen people with dwarfism here and there um, but never had any interaction with them never really thought much about their lives or anything at all really and then, and then, of course, um, you found out that um, your little girl, Maddie, who's here today, um, had a form of, I think they call it, when you're pregnant, they always say it's skeletal dysplasia, yes, don't they? Yes, that's a term they, that they use. They use skeletal dysplasia. Um, and so you found out that Maddie had um, a form of skeletal dysplasia when you were pregnant. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we found out quite early in the pregnancy. Um, I think I was 17 weeks when they told us that she definitely would have a form of um, skeletal dysplasia. Um, at, the, at the time, uh, there was a decent chance it was a, a lethal form. Um, and that was a big fear, mm. you know, that, that mm. it would be a lethal condition not compatible with life. Um, and so as the pregnancy progressed um, and as it became, it seemed to be that she would have a form that was Going to, that she would be living, mm. um, it was, um, I think, easier for us to come to accept it because we were faced with the prospect of losing her. So um, I think that for us it was actually a, a good thing. Um, and the doctors all were like, it's just a physical disability. So mm. um, those there's challenges associated with a physical disability, um, but those challenges are uh, they can be overcome. So um, all in all, it was a really stressful pregnancy. Yes. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, we were just happy that she was um, healthy with, with dwarfism, but healthy nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Because that's something I think I, I also didn't know that because there are a lot of types of dwarfism. I think the last count was over 200, yes. but I sometimes hear over 500. So there's like uh, hundreds of types of dwarfism and half of them are considered uh, a lethal forms of the condition. So that's when um, often uh, the rib cage doesn't grow large enough to support lungs and organs and things like that. So yeah, I also had a similar pregnancy where I was told similar things. Um, and so, of course, uh, you already had a beautiful uh, little girl at the time, Lana. Hello, Lana. Hello. <laughs> and so, um, and so, was what was it like um, having, you know, when you have two babies, um, and one one with 
who's very well, different in terms of maybe how other people would and then um, see your little girl and then a little girl who's average height. Yeah, it was, um, the early days were really rough. Um, Lana was, I was, Lana was only 12 months old when wow. we conceived Maddie uh, and so she was 21 months old when Maddie was finally born. Um, Maddie was in NICU for um, she was in NICU for four months. So Lana and that was here just, at Queen Mary Hospital, yeah, at wasn't Queen it? Mary. Um, and so she, um, Lana had just turned two when Maddie had uh, when Maddie finally came home. In those four months, we really were living a double life, mm. you know, a hospital life and a home life, and um, that was a really stressful time. Uh, and I think it was hard on Lana because all of a sudden we weren't around as much as we previously were, and we had a lot of stress and mm. and all of those things. Um, and then, of course, when um, Maddie did come home, we still had a lot of appointments to get to. So um, from being an only child where our whole world mm. revolved around her to, uh, you know, to then having uh, a daughter with a lot of needs, mm -hmm. um, a lot of appointments, it was a big adjustment and it's... Um, you know, I think that uh, she's a very resilient kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's not always been easy on her as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And so if we do a bit of like a recap of some key facts about dwarfism, which again, like, I think feel like second nature yeah. when you um, have someone in your family with who is a little person, but often people don't know about these. And I think Dwarfism Awareness Month is a good time to share them. So there are many different types of dwarfism. Um, it occurs in all races and ethnicities and uh, they say that 80% of little people are born to parents of average average height, average size. Now what I think is interesting is that 80% of people who have dwarfism have a condition called achondroplasia, yeah. which is, um, I think a lot of people know that particular one. I think Peter Dinklage is the most famous person in the world at the moment with achondroplasia. I've actually never watched Game of Thrones, but I feel like I should just to support that. <laughs> um, but that actually, um, Maddie and Briella, they they don't have achondroplasia. What's, um, they have a, a different type of dwarfism, which is very, very rare. They yeah. have a particularly special type of dwarfism. Yeah, so their condition is called diastrophic dysplasia. Um, and for, for their syndrome, both parents need to carry the gene, uh, which is why we have uh, we can have the chance of having a child with this condition in every pregnancy, because my husband and I carry the gene. Uh, and if the child is born with two affected genes, then they will have diastrophic dysplasia. Yes. Yeah, so most people, yeah, so most people with um, dwarfism, with achondroplasia, it's completely spontaneous. So anybody, any pregnancy right now could um, be that. But yes, for diastrophic dysplasia, yeah. so it's a recessive condition. Yeah, My daughter's also got a recessive <laughs> recessive form of dwarfism as well, which is very, very rare. <laughs> so um, so you guys, I think, are what, one in one in a million or is it one in 500,000? Oh, it depends on which statistics, <laughs> which statistics you're looking to, at. I do know that um, Maddie was the first... Uh, ever uh, person diagnosed with diastrophic dysplasia in Hong Kong. Wow. And then Briella was the, the second. second. <laughs> and how was that finding out in your second uh, pregnancy? Did you already know that there was a chance? Well, we knew that there was a one in four chance that our next child could be affected. Mm -hmm. um, we also knew that there were ways uh, to prevent that. Um, but um, we let nature be nature and uh, we were blessed with Briella. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think initially, even though we knew there was a chance, uh, it was still, I think 
with Maddie, a lot of the a lot of what we had gone through with NICU and all of that mm-hmm. was quite um, traumatic for everybody, really, yeah. uh, for the whole family. Um, and so there was a bit of oh, I don't know if I want to do this again, mm. mm. not have another child, but you know, have the whole hospital experience. But um, I remember meeting up with the NICU doctor who looked after Maddie and he said to us, oh, you need to remember that with Maddie we were so cautious because she was the first patient that mm. we'd ever treated with this condition. But with Briella, now we know yes. <laughs> we've, we've treated this condition she before. some training, so, sure. Exactly. And so um, our experience with Briella was vastly different. Briella only ended up being in NICU for 11 days wow. compared to four months. Gosh. And most of that was just the... the extreme caution that mm-hmm. the doctors were um, were using towards Maddie, uh, given that there was so much that they didn't know about the condition. Yeah, sure. Okay, we're going to go to a quick song break before we come back, because I'd love to chat to you guys. Welcome back to the 123 Show on RTHK Radio 3 this Monday afternoon, and I'm joined in the studio by the entire Luke family, which is super exciting. We're talking about dwarfism awareness, and now we've been chatting to Mum Nicole, and I would love to hear from you girls about about dwarfism we're trying to spread awareness on the show today to share with people a little bit more about dwarfism and the condition so what does dwarfism mean briella do you want to answer that question um it means that we can't reach lots of things and we can't um get things that are really really high and um um we can only um do you need something to help reach things that are high the um farming um all the way closed but not the other thing is and we and we can only reach other things that are high with a stool with a stool that's um, right it means that we're not that tall that's right. That's fantastic. And so what else does it mean for you having dwarfism, Maddie? Do you need some things to help you move sometimes? We normally need a walker and a wheelchair. And we normally can't use a fist. You can't make a fist? Yeah. So it will be hard. So we need a walker and a wheelchair to help us move around. Right, that's great. And then, but if you have a walker in a wheelchair, you can do lots of things, can't you? Yeah, and my wheelchair can go up. It so can it, go up. So it can be really helpful and to get stuff. if we have a wheelchair, then um, it will be more likely that we um, can go um, further away. Oh, that's true, because then you can go further if you have a little bit of help to, to move around. And so what's that been like, um, Nicole, for like when you've been in uh, Hong Kong versus now you guys live in Australia, you moved over to Australia. Yeah. Has there been a big difference in, in terms of accessibility and things like that um, in the city? I think that um, the main difference is I feel as though in Australia a lot of people are more willing to help and more willing to slow down mm. and... Um, look around and see that people might have other needs. I always felt in Hong Kong that having additional needs was an inconvenience to the busy people rushing around. Sure, yeah. um, So I found that people, I mean, some people do stop 
even in Hong Kong and open the door and those kinds of things. But I feel like it's more so in Australia that you get that kind of help. Mm. It's like sometimes that people kind of uh, do. You, do you find that? Do you find that people come up and ever ask you girls questions? Do they ever come and chat to you, or do they just go about their day? But the question that me and Brianna get asked a lot is if we are tw- twins. If you're twins. <laughs> we are the same. Because we um, were born at different times and also um, because um, lots of twins are the same. Um, are you quite different? Do you have quite different personalities? Um, Sort of. But I'm the same but we're, we're different years old. Maybe I'll ask Lana, big sister Lana. Are, are you, what do you think? Do you think Briella and Maddie are very similar in their personalities? Well, they're both annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty... That's, are they that's annoying not everything. in the same way or in different ways? <laughs> different ways. Oh, right, sure. Well, that's great. And so um, you do a lot of... Uh, you do a lot of uh, stuff with jeans for jeans day don't you we do and that happened recently was it in the last no it wasn't it was a couple of months ago a couple of years we've been involved with uh, them in australia (laughs) yes you do that's right you need a stool to get up to the table Feel free. I'm loving listening to you guys chat. <laughs> I'll chat all day. Yeah. And so Jeans for Jeans, that doesn't happen in Hong Kong, but yeah. it's a, an amazing initiative. Um, could you tell us a little bit about it? Um, so it actually started in Australia with a um, medical research institute um, as a way of um, you know, raising funds for research into rare genetic diseases. Now, the, the research institute in Australia has done a lot of uh, fundraising. I think that they're 40 years old this year, um, or 60, I can't remember. 40 or 60, sure. <laughs> they're they're old. They've been around for decades, been, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but they've funded a lot of uh, research into rare diseases, and they also f- uh, fund research into children, uh, particularly effect, uh conditions that affect children including cancers and Mm. um, epilepsy all kinds of things. Wow yeah because I think people don't realize that genetics are pretty it's a pretty mixed bag I think there's I remember seeing statistic once that said that every person probably has 150 genetic mutations you just might not know which ones are yours or what they're they're doing. um, In Australia, the Genes for Genes uh, organisation uses a statistic that one in 20 is affected by some kind of a childhood Mm. condition, um, whether it be, uh, you know, something like cancer uh, or a genetic syndrome or even to autism and those kinds of conditions. It's now one in 20 kids are affected by something. Mm. Uh Right. And see, it's an amazing thing that we think, you know, some differences are obviously visible and we look, some of us look a bit different to other people and some like you can't see or some that you might not be able to see in the future as well. Um, But what is it? What? Tell us a little bit about what you guys like to do. What do you guys like to do, Brilla? Maddie, what are your favourite, favourite hobbies? I know you spent a little bit of time in hospital, haven't you? We like painting. You like painting? And we did that quite recently. Yeah. What Um, else do you like doing? Oh, you can play in the playground at school. It's just like any other little 
girls at school, you're going to go play in the playground. <laughs> How old are you guys? I forgot to ask. But it's hard to get up the hill, but it's easier to get up the hill without the water. Oh, sure. I and how old stand. are you, Briella? Five. You're five? And how old are and you, Maddie? Maddie's, um, nine. And Maddie's nine. <laughs> Sorry, Briella's going to answer. And how old's Lana? Um, ten. Ten. Eleven this month. All oh, right, sure. So she's nearly eleven. She's actually nearly eleven now, Briella. Sure. <laughs> and so you guys are back here in Hong Kong um, on holiday. What's it like now traveling as a family? Because you, you weren't able to travel for a while, right? You, you girls were in hospital. You had to have some some procedures done yeah it's nice being able to travel again isn't it yeah because we haven't seen Hong Kong in a little while it kind of just feels it feels a bit different to Australia sure I can imagine it's very different to Australia um, and so what have you got planned while you're here on holiday guys you gonna uh, see some family yeah what else um, getting more egg tarts. <laughs> getting more egg tarts and eating siu mai and sausage buns. Oh, fantastic! That's a good. That's a steady. It's all the food groups covered, I think. And Disneyland. And, and Disneyland. You're gonna go to Disneyland. And yesterday we went swimming. Did in you? Our, in our hotel's swimming pool. Oh, delightful! So you guys are having a proper holiday. That's fantastic. Well, I hope it keeps being a lot of fun for you guys. And thank you so much for coming into RTHK Radio 3 and chatting on the 123 show about dwarfism. It's really good to try and raise a little bit of awareness and show people that you just lead lovely, happy lives. And you're a beautiful family, hey? And the swimming pool was really cold. Oh. And there was a dead <laughs> and on that beautiful note, the swimming pool was really cold and there was a dead bird. We're going to go to a song. This is Natasha Beddingfield and Adam Levine will say it again. Thank you so much to the lovely, lovely looks. <laughs>